to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, MrDiceGuy.com, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. I'm Ian. And on this episode, we'll be talking about what we've been playing, thinking, and doing board games. And Ryan, what's our topic for today? Well, I think we're just going to take a stroll down memory lane. And I think we're just going to talk about some of our um, memorable gaming experiences. Yeah, experiences should be the right word. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture straight into um, uh, thinking, doing, playing board games. Uh, well, who wants to go first? This is, I usually have to roll the dice or I take initiative, but uh, who, uh, bitter's choice. Should, should we go with the only person who played something? Who played something? <laughs> yeah. Who played something on the show notes? Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll talk about Wingspan because. I've been playing Wingspan a lot lately. Um, it seems like almost every time there's a game night, Wingspan will come out at some point. I really think that this is one of the big hits of recent years. I think it's going to be around for a long, long time. I love Wingspan. Yeah, well, if the, if the, if the Board Game Geek Awards showed anything, yeah, yeah it, it, it had a lot of love. Yeah. Well, there's I, even some... p- I picked up a copy. That's how much... Good. Good for you. Yay. There's just something about the the idea of you've got those three action tracks and you can choose basically how you want to manage those three tracks depending on what, what birds you decide to buy. So you could have birds all in the wetlands so you can make your game all about getting lots of bird cards or getting lots of food or whatever it is you choose. You can try to get all of them in one spot. You can try to space them out. Um, all the every bird does something just a little bit different. I think it's just an awesome game. Yeah, and we played uh, with the European expansion. I finally broke down and got the European bird expansion, and so that adds um, a bunch of new birds, like probably half as many as came bef- before. So there's a big stack of new bird cards in there, and. They've got some new powers where, if you know Wingspan, it takes place over four rounds. And some of these birds have new powers that kick in at the end of rounds. And so that was kind of an interesting idea, I thought. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, do do these cards intermingle, or do you have to pull some out to put some in kind of thing? Oh, just throw them all in. Okay. Just throw them all in. I do that for every game. It doesn't matter whether it's <laughs> intermingles or not. Uh, that's That's... Yeah, Wingspan has been a game that that it. If we remember back my back of my review, it 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 grew on me, and I I have to agree with Ian. It is, it it is a great design, and it it was truly made for pretty much any type of gamer, whether you're brand new, whether you're experienced. It it, there's just some sort of appeal behind that. That design process was pretty superb. To, to be to be there, your 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 first um, published design, and to really like knock it out of the park and really set the bar high. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Well, yeah, well, probably- what's the next one up? Mariposa. That's the one that's out now. So yeah, I, I've not right now. I've not uh, done any research on that whatsoever. But yeah, no, Wingspan. Yeah, that one's been selling like hotcakes too. Mariposas. Yeah, the times I played Wingspan, I found it to be very clean. If that makes any sense, in, mm-hmm. in the in the way that that you play. 
right? Yeah, it's, simple, it's simple and elegant. Yeah, yeah. But I think every every few years we get like these landmark games, right? Like a few years ago it was Code Names or Terraforming Mars, like these huge, huge games uh, that stick around for a while. And I think Wingspan is is the next one. Like I think this is the sticker. They drop a good anchor, yeah, for yeah, sure. This is a big yeah, landmark Jeff, game, I think. Jeff brought in like I think he, I think he has like thirty copies at the store. He's all stocked up for Christmas time. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, um, uh, um, speaking of uh, purchasing games from like Jeff and so on and so forth, uh, um, I have this term that I use when you when you when you just get the acquisition disorder itch, and you and you're trying to find that rarity. I call it a unicorn hunt. I don't and I don't mean to you know offend the uh, mythical creature society of protection, um, but uh, uh, yeah, so. I, Often it's like I, I had a unicorn hunt and I found Macau, right? And so I've got a few games that I'm I'm quite content. Uh, um, I think part of the pleasure of the game was the unicorn hunt, and uh, I acquired two of my rare checklist games. Uh, one um, was Rococo, and the other one was Bruges uh, with the expansion. Now um, uh, I would not have had this opportunity to acquire this. Uh, if not for the brilliant idea of Ryan, you came up with this idea for the Facebook page to have an online board game garage sale. And uh, thank you so much, Jason, for uh, having these copies for me to acquire. And uh, so, yeah, Ryan, tell me, uh, t- I want you to contribute to uh, where this idea came up because it's, <laughs> it's awesome. And it's still on there. So if there's anybody who, who is like, oh, just go Facebook, Bridge City Board Gamers Community, Saskatoon. And uh, there's there's some people selling their board games. Yeah, uh, I don't even know why I decided to come because um, I had amazing stories every now and then. Jeff would have these um, the tables, ga- t- tables, and I I always called them the gamers garage sale because we like alliteration on the show for some reason. <laughs> but uh, um, and then I said, well, we're probably not going to end up having one of these for quite some time because I COVID and everything like that. Yeah. So I decided. Um, well, why don't everybody just sell their games from the comfort of their own homes? Um, I always encourage people on the Facebook group to that you can you can sell games on the, on the group. Yeah. So I decided, hey, let's just dedicate this one weekend. Everybody, if you got stuff for sale or trade, um, throw it up there. Yeah. Well, me, and me me, exper- me me expecting what me and probably like three other guys are going to put some stuff up on the page. That that's all I was. And we had posts, like tons. Yeah. Like how many, you're kind of, tra- not like specifically tracking, but how many contributors? I think I was, I was seeing like I close think, to I 10. Think, I think we had, a, yeah, I think we had about like 12, 13 people contribute. And I think there was, oh, and there was end up being like over like a hundred different games available. Yeah. I, uh, I bought, like I said, I, I bought it a couple and I'm still going to put some on. So if there's anybody who's, who's out there, who's thinking about it, I, you could, I'm sure you could still post some stuff. I'm going to post some stuff. Um, uh, uh, and there's still a really, a lot of really cool stuff available. Like, like, uh, <laughs> I think Ryan still has a, a, uh, showroom of Kickstarters new and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like the shopping network, Ryan I, style. I, I, I actually just, I just sold one of those. <laughs> I, but, I just I just sold my Lords of Hellas uh, bundle. Yeah, like I'm just clicking here and uh, um, uh, shadows over Normandy, Mexico, um, Alhambra. Tons of stuff out there. Uh, oh yeah, so lots of and lots of really good games too. Yeah, like like yeah, I didn't see one Monopoly. I'm so proud of the community. I'm gonna cry for a second here. Um, so yeah, that was that's my little kind of. Uh, section of uh, thinking play and doing is is our unicorn hunting at our garage sale so yeah cool. Ryan. Oh, i can't even pronounce this this title that I'll, you got. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll do my best because so <laughs> uh, what i've been thinking about is um lately um it was just came across my my twitter feed and some of the news feeds and uh in on board game geek is that the the jogo doano the Jogo do Ano 2020 award, which is the Portugal game of the year award. Um, the nominees were released and this has been one that I've paid attention to in the, in the past, 
only because the Jogo do Ano always highlights kind of like a more like heavy, it awards usually to like a heavy complex type of game where it's usually a more complex type title that mm-hmm. ends up being nominated and usually winning much different than say the board game geek awards or the dice tower awards, or even like say the, the, the spiel and the Kenner spiel. Yeah. Like, these ones tend to be a little bit heavier. So like, uh, like I'll highlight like this year's nominees are Maracaibo, Crystal Palace, Pipeline, Cooper Island, and Barrage. Okay, so, so go ahead, Ian. <laughs> Brian, I love how you just your voice just turned into like an awards announcer at that point. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I don't know. It, it, it just happened. I it just, was. I just, uh, it was an award. It was totally an award show thing. <laughs> yeah. And Felt best like actor. Oscars. And best so, supporting actor. <laughs> No, I was I was going to jump in and say uh, uh, this has been a capstone sponsored event. On yeah, so the, uh... four four of those games, Mark Ibel, Crystal Palace, Pipeline, Cooper Island, all were published by Capstone Games these past the past years, and Barrage was um, published by Cranial. Now, I actually have played all five of these games, which is actually um, usually nothing something that usually doesn't happen. I don't I usually have played all of them. And yeah, they're all fairly complex games. Like you, you yeah. guys played Maracaibo. Yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. And um, I've not played any of the other ones though. Barrage the- is uh, um, uh, I've 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 not played Barrage, but I've I've played um, uh, Newton um, by the same designers, and I absolutely love the way that the 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 brains that created that game. So I, that appeals yeah. to me. Yeah, Barrage is a much I, I, I kind of call it a much heavier power grid kind of, yeah, kind of thing. You said it's, that. It's a very economic. But anyways, yeah, like uh, I'm going to just kind of highlight, if people don't know the Jogo Doano, um, here are some of them in the past winners. I kind of put them on here. Here we so, go. So Root in 2019 won it, mm-hmm. a fairly complex game. Lisboa of Vital Lacerda game won it in 2018. Great Western Trail. In 2017, Yay. Mombasa in 2016, La Granja in 2015, yeah, and then in the past too, like I'm, they don't have the years by, but Keyflower Nations, Oren Labora, Twa, Agricola. This is a pretty brass. solid lineup. Yeah, that's a good list. It's a, it's definitely a great list, and these games are all fairly complex in their own regards. I mean, it's missing Terra Mystica, but <laughs> oh, I could I argue it'd be perfect. Well, yeah, you, you know can, what? You can make you can make an argument for Terra Mystica that should have been on this list. I can't remember which year that one. It was nominated. Now I don't have the year which one beat it out. That yeah, that would be who who uh, what was the same year kind of thing. So yeah, so um, I guess I'll go on record here. Let's just see here. I've played them all, and if I look at the past winners. Oh, it's way too hard. I don't know who I, I'll probably put my money on Maracaibo. Oh, for because, winning. Yeah, yeah. This because um, um, a couple Alexander Fister games have already won this. Great Western Trail in Mombasa. Maracaibo probably is in about that, about all those other games kind of complexity and weight. Maybe pipe, pipe, pipeline kind of fits kind of like the the the, the same. Yeah. Crystal Palace, Cooper Island, and Barrage are very very heavy games. Well, pipeline had early hype, but then it settled down because I think just yeah. the distance between release and and now. But yeah, um, I don't know. So um, if you never knew about the Jogo Doano before, now hopefully you do. And yeah. this is usually one that I always because it's always a heavy complex game. Well, that, and they've, I mean, I'm it. just looking at the solid lineup of like, these are, this are reputable. If, if this is just the list of like, you know, award winners, this is a pretty good metric, at, at least for my tastes of, of uh, pay attention to kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all, yeah. So my prediction this year, I predict Mark Ivo. If you, if you want to learn more about Mark, I will, you can listen to our past episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to guess Barrage. That's who I'm guessing. Cool. Yeah, there's an argument for Barrage too. There's an argument for all of these. 
there's an argument for all of them. But yeah, I, you know, I've, I mean, I've only played Maracaibo and I really liked it. So, I mean, but I've heard, I've heard interesting takes on Cooper Island as well. Everyone's saying it's very quiet thinker kind of, kind of game. Yeah. Same thing with Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is a great um, work dice worker placement game where you actually don't even roll the dice. You just set the values to whatever you want. But then you also have to, yeah, yeah. But you have to pay for whatever you set them to. Isn't that how Ryan teaches us how he plays the game all the time? <laughs> I just set, I just set them however I want. Yeah. Ryan's cheating. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragons Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragons Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragons Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. And welcome back to Cardboard Conjecture. It's topic of interest time. And the, the topic of interest, uh, as mentioned by Ryan, are memorable gaming experiences. Um, how do you want to do this? Should we take uh, w- w- like one, uh, one, one story each and just rotate kind of like a good uh, worker placement game? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Sure, we can do we can do that. Yeah, and I, I like I like how you said straight. This is kind of, this is kind of going to be turned into story time. It is totally going to be story time because I have this feeling that um, I, that's where experience lies is within the narrative, right? That's the only reason. At least how I remember things is if it's wrapped around a good story, I'll get the details down. Sure. So who wants, um, to, who wants, who wants to kick it off? Ian, would you sure. like honors? Yeah, I can. There you go. So I was thinking about this. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how radio friendly these stories are, I guess. I mean, <laughs> oh, I didn't mean like that. I meant I don't know how interesting they're going to come off, I guess, but we'll see. Well, um, you know what? CBC has a lot of stuff, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, like, what are some times of playing board games that I just remember really well. And then I kind of thought, you know, there's almost two categories, right? There's, there's things that are memorable inside the game itself, the things that happen in the game. And then there's the other aspect, which is what's happening outside the game, right? Who you're playing with, what the situation is. And I think it's that second category that tend to make up most of these. Did you guys find that when you were kind of going through? Yeah, if you kind of take a look at my list and two of two of mine that I that I that I listed, I I just thought of another one that I'll probably replace with one of these others. Um, but yeah, two of mine. Yeah, it, it's it's the outside aspect. Yeah, that, that that you that you say. Yeah. So here here's an example, um, and this is going way back. This is going back to high school. So. At our high school, we had uh, we had tables up in the lobby, right, where kids would go and kind of hang out. Um, not really a student lounge, but but that's just what, what they would do. And so one day, somebody brought a copy of Monopoly, Star Wars Monopoly specifically, because that was uh, the big rage back then. And they set it up, and because they had first period open, right, they had a spare, and so found some people to play with. And then what ended up happening is, of course, they come to the end of the period and had to go to class. And so then we kind of come by and say, oh, you guys are playing Monopoly. And I'm like, yeah, but we got to go to class. So why don't you play for me? So then we'd sit down and suddenly we're playing during our spare periods. And then we get up and somebody else would tag us out. <laughs> and, and so we had a whole school day just playing one game of Monopoly, but with like a dozen different players that would just keep tapping in and out depending on who had class or not. It was awesome. You guys created the cooperative gaming experience before it even was like on the map, man. I guess so. Cool. And, and, and so and so, who won? Oh, geez, who knows? <laughs> How do you even... I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah, that's actually really kind of cool that a whole bunch of different people at different times... Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that that 
comes to mind for me immediately is that it could not have ever happened if not for the fact that everybody knows how to play that game or the fundamentals of playing that game. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right? there's no teaching involved. Everyone no. knows Monopoly. Yeah. You just play Monopoly. With, with, with the auction rules. Oh, who, rem- <laughs> who remembers? Like, oh no, nobody plays with that rule, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like somebody sitting down at a small town cafe with the ongoing cribbage game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's so true. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, so I'm starting off with an early one. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can, I can jump in on mine and I guess one of my most memorable, um, gaming experiences was the time that I was introduced to modern, I'll call them modern board games. Like I, we played risk and we played monopoly at yeah. family gatherings and we played all these other types of, of game, Uno and stuff like that. But I always, I always like telling the story. I don't think I ever told the story actually on the air here, but it was actually Ian that introduced, I always say Ian introduced me to modern board games. And this is actually true. So it was back when... And Jen my- still was mad at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> neener, neener. So Jen and I were dating at the time. It was very early in our in our dating, and Jen had mentioned that um, she invented a couple friends over um, later, Ian and Kim. Kim is Ian's wife, and she said, "Well, they're going to come over, and we're going to play. We're going to play some board games." And of course, my initial reaction was, "Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to sit here with two people that I don't know." And we're probably going to play like Monopoly and we're going to play Risk or we're going to play the game of life or something or something along these lines. And I'm like, okay, I love you. So let's try. (laughs) And so in walks Ian and Kim and Ian's got these these games, a bag of games. And there are things that I have not seen before. And he continues to pull out Alhambra. Alhambra was the first game that he set up and that we were going to play together. I don't even know what Ian, if Ian had any knowledge of who I was or what kind of person <laughs> I was ahead of time. And so I'm like, what the heck is this? This is something that I have not even remotely heard of. I didn't even know these types of things existed outside of Monopoly risk and stuff like that. And so Ian continues with the teach which was very elegant. He knows how to teach a game. I can, well, give, him, I, I can give him that credit. <laughs> it's like you have a degree in it or something. <laughs> and we started playing. And then afterwards, after we stood play, I don't even remember who won that game. It, it doesn't even matter because I was just so taken in that I was like, huh, th- this is actually kind of cool. And Ian's like, oh yeah. And I've got like, probably at the time he's like, oh, I've got like a hundred type of games on my, in my, I'm a board game collector or I'm on board, I'm a board game player. And so I have a whole bunch of these different types of things. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's like more than like one of these things. <laughs> say, <laughs> say what? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, and like, I think like in a later time, this when he introduced me to Catan and I, and then we played Catan and it, and it spiraled after Cause after that one, I was like, Oh, that was a really fun game. So then I went out and bought Alhambra after that. And Jen and then Jen and I would play. And then every time that Ian would introduce me a new game, I would go and buy it. <laughs> yeah, you just, you're, you're like the toddler that touches the water with their toes and then just jumps into the deep end. That's what you did. <laughs> exactly. And then I, all of a sudden, then I, then I discovered like Will Wheaton's tabletop. And I oh, I was just going to say YouTube is a bad rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, and I discovered what Board Game Geek was. And so Ian tapped the junkie vein he was my he was my dealer at that time (laughs) and the internet opened up the stream (laughs) and then yeah so my most memorable was was playing that game of alhambra even though we i have still have no idea who won it but it was just probably me probably (laughs) jen wins that game like all the time actually has probably jen (laughs) but it was just so cool and that and then we just had these conversations afterwards and then Ian and I became friends and Jen's like, wow, you're better friends with Ian than I ever have been. <laughs> Cause you guys played on the same uh, ultimate Frisbee team. Right. Yeah. 
that's kind of like how you guys kind of knew each other and stuff like that so well her and my wife have known each other for a long, a long time right that's right so cool that was my mo- one of my most memorable was the first time i played a modern quote-unquote modern board game which was alhambra and it's still probably one of our favorite games that we play nice okay well i think mine is rings in with uh ian's idea of of it, it being all kind of globally tied together because mine one of one of my first memorable gaming experiences is playing ticket to ride with um uh, the newly created tabletop game night which was uh um a night with myself and my cousins and to start off we have to establish the context of the characters of this colorful story um uh, i grew up with uh three um cousins um, as in a good LePage family, it's six generations of just boys. So we basically, it's, it was basically uh, Dumb and Dumber, the club pack. And uh, so um, uh, back in those times, we we're always together because our dads were brothers. So um, if we were doing anything, it was because they were doing something. So we were there. We grew up together. We, we fought together. We played games together. We played board games together. Um, and, uh, like the stuff for, like from back then, Monopoly careers, payday, um, dealer's choice. Do you remember that car game where you're a car dealer, dealer's choice? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, it's like, I want to get that Corvette. Right. I remember that one. And of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the conflicts and all the fights. Right. I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, your, your typical, your typical, um, uh, you know, throw, uh, throw four boys in a room and just you know let them be unsupervised which was a bad parenting choice um so uh not that i was uh, ever new to board games but um i had a group of guys that we played um board games for the last 24 years um but it was always the you know the risk and the you know the card games and the, the poker but never the Euro stuff. So um, I thought to myself that uh, for, um, and the families, right? I mean, as life goes, you you go to university, you have jobs, you, you basically just, you know, kind of grow apart. And I thought um, it, it would be nice um, uh, that uh, if we had an opportunity to get together and, and, and bring back this this chaotic brotherhood or you know pack of wolves kind of thing that we ha- had as a as like a brotherhood thing right so um i did my research i uh, you know found this cool game ticket tried and uh where did i see it the first time at, at the bookstores in town they they had these big and, and it was the the box cover that appealed to me i saw this really cool um uh, um uh um, display that drew me in and I started researching. So I picked this up, uh, learned it. Um, uh, I did the teach. And if if not, I think if not for that game being so, I mean, we used the term before elegant, um, easy to teach, easy to play uh, and, and fun, you know, just a awesome game. Right. But this was our first time as a group playing it. And um, I think what was the most impressive thing that I um, loved about that game was seeing what it did to us in, in turning us all back into our younger selves and, and hearing, <laughs> and like a, the, the, the classic, I wrote down some classic lines that I think are classic with everybody is from the younger days, like you're always taking forever, you know, hurry up and do something or it's, yes. it's always oh, my turn or hey, you didn't say that. I would have done something different if you would have told me that was part of the rules. Right. All of that uh, stuff came yeah. back, which would usually drive me nuts, but because it was, it was who I was grew up with. I sat back and had a very cool nostalgic moment and thought, this is so wonderful. Uh, I'm just loving. And again, like you just said before, I have no idea who won, but yeah. it was just that sit back and soak up the moment and go this, I'm digging this. This is what I like about board games. That's well, awesome. And I, I used, I used to actually come to those um, Wednesday night. You did. Wednesday you got to experience the supper <laughs> at the table. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, those guys, they were so, they were so fun. It was always so, yeah, the, the, just, yeah, you say the camaraderie that you guys had and the back and forth. 
Um, I'm going to jump in. One of my most memorable things about that group was when I did the teach of Stone Age. <laughs> and we played Stone Age that one night. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had told you guys, because you, cause you've played around with some recording of it and stuff like that. And so uh, <laughs> I made sure that make sure you pay attention to the cards. That's going to be where you're going to score a lot of points at the end of the game. And I was like, at the end of the game came, and I was like, so um, we're adding up scores, and um, no one bought any, no one gained any cards, and I gained all the cards, so I win the game. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, you didn't tell us about the cards and what they were going to do, but you recorded the session, Norm, and they yeah. all went back and yeah, watched it. Back. Like, like, yeah, like, he did. Oh, yeah, we weren't paying attention. When but he, he didn't that. remind us, though. <laughs> he is like you uh, have you ever experienced that from uh, ryan before <laughs> i don't think maracaibo i don't think ryan ever behaved that way and it's no i'm joking yeah so yeah no you got to experience the lepage clan at its best man it's like a it's a it's if nobody's listening to me i'll turn up the volume <laughs> right oh so good so that was, yeah, that was, that was mine. It was a ticket to ride with, with, uh, with the cousins, which is now, I mean, it's like three, four years now that we're, we've, we regularly have our Wednesday nights. Yeah. Right. Cool. That's awesome. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escapes escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Okay, so I'm going to swing to trying to think of some things from in-game, right? And then maybe my next one, I'll go back to out-of-game. Um, so I've got some quick ones I'll just rattle off. So one thing is, you know, there's small things like the time I made two cities at once in Terra Mystica or <laughs> playing Dominion once. I didn't do this, but my friend did. He got a... If you and if you don't dominion this is insane he got a one hand one turn he got 40 points which is like you're usually fighting to get eight points in a hand in dominion that's your goal and he had managed to have exact had the right cards which is like if you know dominions like king's court he did a king's court on a king's court plus a whole bunch of other stuff he got 40 points in one play it was insane um it's and like then there's things like cribbage, man. <laughs> and then, you know, there's fun, fun little stories like playing merchants and marauders. And um, I'd attack, I'd go and attack the Spanish gold ship and then sink. And then the next turn I'd get a new ship and then mission, I go fight some missionaries because I'm like, they're missionaries. And then they also sank my ship. <laughs> and so I lost like two ships <laughs> in two turns, things like that. Bunch of clergy put your boat down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did and they, <laughs> my friends still make fun of me for that um pandemic we once got nine outbreaks in one turn <laughs> oh it was a continuous string of outbreaks so like one led to the other led to the other and they just chained that one was a uh, epic ep an epic loss these and, are sounding like these are sounding like stories of uh, I got beat up over there, yeah, and uh, my... <laughs> see that corner by the by the store. I got beat up over there, and yeah. they're my board game bloopers. Yep. <laughs> and then, of course, well, I do need to mention my fantastically awful game of Eclipse. So this one in the past, yeah. <laughs> so Eclipse uh, is a pretty big game um that we play quite a bit like it comes out actually quite often and this particular game i was just getting hammered by the other players there was we were playing a game of four and i just couldn't get anything going uh the one guy had built up his military a lot and he kept pounding on me the other two guys were kind of um leaving each other alone and leaving him alone so really it was just i was just a punching bag 
And at the end of the game, you know, they were getting 30 some points each and I had eight, which when you think about it, you start with a certain number of points when the game starts. So I think I have a net total of two points (laughs) (laughs) from the whole game. It's like the most epic loss of Eclipse that I think anyone has probably ever had. But we still laugh about that a lot. That's hilarious. That is a good. That, that is a good one. There's also the one where you try in shadows over Camelot. Try to convince me that I couldn't read. Yep. So, <laughs> so shadows of the Camelot. It's a this is a game. bloopers reel, isn't it? Yeah. This one was good. This was a shining moment for me. Not so much for Ryan. So, so it's a game with a traitor, right? So you can have a traitor who's trying to secretly work against everybody. And in Shadows of Camelot, you have to throw down cards and try to try to beat certain challenges. So the cards will be numbered and you've got to try to, to defeat the Black Knight or, or whatever it is. And so I decided, oh, how did that work, Ryan? Do you remember how it worked? Um, so you, you were the traitor and um, you had placed down... <laughs> um, because there's a mechanic where if you if you draw a card, you can place it face down right yeah. into the deck. And uh, you told us, I think it was Lane. Lane was also playing at this game. Um, you told us that um, it was a certain number. I can't remember. I think oh, like I think I said it was a one, right? Yes, you did. Yes. And then um, we went to reveal that location. And there was no ones. I think there was like a seven. There was a seven, yeah. There was seven instead. Lied. And I and I kind of noticed this, and I told Lane, I was like, I I don't think I don't I don't I think Ian lied when he put the number. There's no ones there. Lane was like, all right, I don't I don't remember this and everything. Let's just play the let's just just play the game. I was like, okay, well that sounds like traitor talk. (laughs) But I was like, but Ian lied of what put what he put into the pile and re and. But the best part is I tried to I tried to pawn it off on Ryan saying you just you're you read the cards wrong. You're you can't see the difference between a seven and a one, even <laughs> though I know perfectly well exactly what I had played. And I think I actually accused you of being the traitor, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because then you because then you could sw- you could switch the swords over because it right. was a wrong accusation. Yeah, and I think it worked. <sighs> Yeah, I remember that one because I couldn't. Brian couldn't read. <laughs> but there's. We also have Norm and I have a Shadows Over Camelot story too. Well, because, we could save that for another time because I want to hear about your Twilight Imperium story. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, um, I really, Adam. If if you listen to the show, I, I apologize that I'm going to say the story at your expense. So. Here's the funny part. I don't. I didn't know which of the games that you did this in that you're more memorable of. <laughs> I know. So, okay. So, people may know Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition is one of my favorite games. Um, we would hold um, these days. We would have days at Amazing Stories. We'd have a couple games going in the basement. We'd start at 10 a.m., go till like four, five, or six o'clock at night. And we'd be playing, we'd be playing Twilight Imperium. And some of these games were, this was a session where everybody at the table that we were playing with, we were playing a five-player game and everybody had played the game. So this was a rare circumstance that everybody already knew how to play the game. So there was actually no teaching involved. And we all kind of had our strategies in, in place. I can't remember exactly which faction I was at this particular game. But all I did know is that Adam was my neighbor, and we had an alliance pretty much the whole <laughs> I let him do stuff, and he let me do stuff, and we were trading left, right, and center. And everything was doing good and everything. And coming into the later rounds, I was scoring some points, and Adam was also scoring some points. And I realized at one point in time, um, I, had, I was one point away from winning, and I think Adam was also one point away from winning. And I saw that I had a secret objective. I had not fulfilled it yet. And the best opportunity for me to fulfill this objective was that I needed to um, bombard somebody's system. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and I was looking around, and there, there's no one close to me to bombard. 
but Adam's ships and planets were right next door to mine. And I was like, okay, Adam, well, we, we've had this alliance this whole game so long. I'm just going to, I need, we're, let, let's go over there and let's, let's take out, and I think it was Jeff. Let's, let's go out over there and take out Jeff. He's starting to kind of creep up in the points. And Adam agreed. Yeah, okay, let's go over there. And so I said, so I need to pass through your system. Are you going to let me pass through your system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's fine. Awesome. I go to pass through the system, and then I attack him. And I drop a bombardment. <laughs> yeah, you dropped like, a bombardment all right. <laughs> and he's like, what, what, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't I said, I said sorry about this, man. So we, we do this. And he's like, what? He's like what? what the heck is going on? <laughs> We and could do I, this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> and so, like at the end of the at the end of this bombardment step, I wipe out all of his um, troops on this one planet. He's like, "Well, what the hell did that accomplish?" And I was like, "My secret objective." And I slam it down on the table and gives me one point, and I go to victory. He's like, "You used me the entire game <laughs> for this." I'm like, "I said the the perfect opportunity." So, like, now I'm famous at Amazing Stories, Toilet Imperium. I cannot have an alliance ever again. <laughs> no one, I play the game pretty much by myself because no one will align with me because of this. And it trickled over into other games. Like, later on, we did. Oh, it got meta. It got meta huge. <laughs> now, I, because then there was like weeks later, we did a tabletop day. We played Rising Sun. Well, no one would make an alliance with me during Rising Sun at all because they heard about what happened at Twilight Imperium. <laughs> you got a you got a legend hooked up to that one, man. So, um, yeah, during Twilight Imperium, me backstabbing Adam to victory. Um, yeah, that's that was a that was a pretty memorable. Experience. Sounds to me like you had to. It was set up perfectly. It was Adam. so set up, and I was like, "Oh, Adam, I'm so." I'm like, for for a while there, Adam didn't talk to me. He'll uh, <laughs> well the the podcast will be sending Adam a sympathy card, but we're but we're good with friends. With a coupon, now. yeah, because because we 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 co backed the the Kickstarter for uh, the new steampunk rally game that's coming out from Roxley. Him and I did a did a split shipping on that one, and so cool. we're, we're 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 still good friends. And he and he sent me a message about the new um Simon that I think it was Onk with the new Simon. He asked me if I wanted to get in on the the late pledge, so we're still friends. Yeah. I, or 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 he's meta playing me to the for the next time we play Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, well, mine was uh, I think we were all present for this one, and um, I, I put a nice title on this one, and it's called "Keep That Cheap Wine Away From Me," because oh, a good one. It um, it's based around and this is just for Ian Viticulture <laughs> Essentials Edition Tuscany Expansion Visitor, Visitors on the Moor subtitle. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, three so, sets of colons. <laughs> so there was myself, Jeff, Ryan, Ian, and was was it just a four player or did we have a fifth? I can't even remember. I can't remember if Dave was there or not. I, I think it was four. just four of us, right? Yeah. Because um, I remember Ryan was sitting sitting diagonally away from me, always um, uh, being vocal and and unpleased about his initiative order. Uh, placement um, oh, yes. in the game. <laughs> so uh, we played vintage culture with uh, with the Tusky expansion and the little uh, area control map on the on the, the bottom left part. Um, I've played this game uh, a ton of times. I, I just so I love this game so much. Um, successful at times. I suck at times. I'm okay at times. I put uh, in my notes here, I put, and sometimes the game just turns straight to vinegar, but I love it because I, every time I play, I want to try something new, something different. I'm always checking the engine. We're like, well, how can this engine hum, right? Um, so uh, that's what I love about this game is that whole variable choices with the cards. Um, the way that you use your worker placement with that whole connectivity, right? The cogs in this machine. Um, now, sometimes the combinations work and the timing works and that engine sounds like a Porsche. And sometimes it sounds like, a, what is it, a Russian Lada? <laughs> is that the bad? <laughs> um, so uh, it, this game... Um, kind of it started out okay and that what i love about the tusking expansion is that in the, in your when you get to choose the initiative order 
there are benefits. If you want to go early, then you're not going to get the same juicy benefits as if you go later in the initiative, right? But you obviously miss out on your opportunity to get the bonuses with all these little worker placement areas. Um, for some reason, I ended up always come, I was, Ian was sitting to the right of me and uh, was always, I was never getting what I needed, never, right? So I thought, why am I fighting it? So I, like I said before, I like to find all these little creative ways. So if no one was going to let me plant any damn plants, <laughs> then I was just going to go to the Costco and trade for some wine mush in a bag and put it straight into my crusher pad. So that's oh, what I did. Right. I spent oh, right. the whole game riding the bonus track on, uh, on what I could get off of a later initiative and then go to trade it. Sometimes I'd get the bonus. I'm like getting two for the price of nobody wanted to until what was it like? halfway through the game where Ryan goes, you haven't planted a damn plant. And look at all the wine you're done. I'm like, baby, God, love the Costco mush in a bag strategy, right? <laughs> I stayed on that strategy the whole game. And even like in my notes, it says, even when the planting option was available to me, I was like, eh, I don't have any cards. I have, I, have, I, I completely took a left turn off of that whole planting strategy and thought, Let's explore this. Even if it hits a dead end, even if it sucks, even if I lose the game, to me it was like, this is something curious. This is something that's kind of interestingly happening and developing into a into a uh, used parts engine, I guess you want to call it. Um, up until the point where we're getting close to the end of the game, and Ian's sitting opposite me, and I I was, it was like I paid tickets to the show because it was getting so tense. And I, like I said, I had, I had nothing really invested because I thought I was doing this even if it hit a brick wall. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm like challenging first place and I'm pushing on the gas. And I think at one point I passed you and all of a sudden you were getting out of your, it was like you were up and down in your chair and you're checking your cards. And, and of course, Ryan knows me, I'm all about the pull the levers, push the buttons and see what happens kind of thing, right? Um, and then surprised at the, what happened. Hey, I didn't know that would happen. Right. And, and um, long story short, we get to the end of the game and I lost by one point. And, but the whole time that the last five minutes, I was, this was a gay, this was an ending that got you out of the chair pacing back and forth. And I was like, yep. Yeah, this is kind of fun. <laughs> I didn't think I, and I'm thinking to myself, am I going, you know what, Ian, I didn't think this was going to work either. <laughs> And Viticulture is, it might be the game I'm best at because I, I win at that a lot. And so I was not liking me that <laughs> you were challenging me on it well, at and, all. But this, and this, I think what was making you just like even irked more was the strategy was so unorthodox yeah. that you were like, how are you doing this? <laughs> Costco was... mush in a bag, baby. And <laughs> Ryan sitting diagonally to me going, you guys both suck, man. I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm like one move behind everybody. Come I was on, Ryan. Say that that's my that's my tagline for whenever I play Viticulture is that I'm always one round behind everybody all the time. I love Viticulture. I don't think I've ever even come second place at best <laughs> ever at Viticulture, yeah. but it's just so unique. And I've tried to employ Norm's strategy after I saw that one, and it's viable. It's it's definitely viable. But if people catch on early enough, then they kind of just like, you know, then you become fall behind one turn again. <laughs> <laughs> so Costco mush in a bag. That was a explore strategy and be absolutely surprised and entertained too <laughs> at the stressful ending. Yeah, it's kind of cool that that wasn't, that's because I, when you're talking this story, there was a time just recently too, we played Zolkin on Board Game Arena that I employed a strategy that I never tried before, which was the not feed your workers strategy. And I think it was in that game I was playing with Ian and Lane. And I think I had racked up something like negative 28 points for not feeding my workers. <laughs> but then I still ended up scoring like 80 some points overall to, and Ian's like, you didn't even, did you even feed your workers this game? And I'm like, <laughs> nope. I just, 
I went corn poor. I did not have any corn, but I laid heavy on the crystal skulls and temple tracks. And that was very pharaoh of you. Kind of, uh-huh. kind of like a surpriser. It was just time I was like, I'm going to try this to see if it works. And that time it did. Cool. And so, yeah, I like the, I like the trying the different strategies. This episode is proudly supported by Mr. Dice Guy online board game retailer located right here in Saskatoon. Mr. Dice Guy is always stocking the hot new titles, as well as restocking all-time favorites. They even have a ding and dent section for previously played titles. They offer free shipping across Canada on all orders over $200 or free local pickup if you're in the Saskatoon area. Check them out at MrDiceGuy.com. Saskatoon's Mr. Nice Guy is Mr. Dice Guy. Do you got a third one, man? For sure. So one thing that board games, of course, are great at is having some something to do with your friends, right? And building these memories with your friends and about your friends. Um, and we've been, like, playing games for 12-ish years, probably, ever since we discovered Settlers of Catan and played it every Saturday for I don't even know how long. Um, but one that really sticks out to me is a game of Game of Thrones. So if you've played Game of Thrones before, it's a, it's a war game and it's very heavily built on alliances, just like Twilight Imperium, right? Meaning that it wrecks relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to the alliance route. We didn't, that doesn't really have part to do the story. Uh, but in this game, you're playing leaders with your armies right so if you're the stark army you'll have leaders like rob stark and and sansa stark and all the characters right and some are stronger than others but once you've played a leader you don't gonna get it back until you've played all of your other leaders right then you get your hand of cards back uh it's norm you know kemet so it's sort of like kemet in that regard yeah right so you play a card and then it's gone until yeah. you get it back again. Until the cycles. Yeah. So this was a four-player game. And two of my friends had gotten into a battle. And they both had a hand of cards and were trying to figure out who to play. And so my friend Brett and my friend Jordan were the two friends in this, in this battle. And Brett's saying... Okay, I want to see what leaders you have left in your hand of cards, right? <laughs> and Jordan's like, I am not showing you who I've got in my hand of cards. That already sounds like it's going down the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> now, the great thing about this is that the story is so rooted in the personalities of these two friends of mine. Absolutely. So my friend Brett is very rules-oriented, right? He he wants to know all the rules of the game. He sticks by those rules of the game. It really bugs him when I screw up the rules when I'm teaching games. But <laughs> so he's he's well aware that this is well within his right, right? Because it's it should be public information what cards have been played and what haven't. But Jordan is very stubborn. He was a very <laughs> stubborn guy. And he was y- not going to child. back down. Youngest child. <laughs> he was not going to back down to Brett. And so, I mean, they're both pretty stubborn, actually. So they just started arguing and fighting. And then they like eventually got to the point where they were yelling <laughs> at each other. Me and the other guy are just kind of sitting back like, what is going to happen here? <laughs> it's like, you have to show me those cards. I am not showing you anything. And they were like, like two boulders that rolling towards each other that would not get out of each other's way. As you guys are slowly grabbing the edges of the table. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even remember how it turned out or who ended up backing down, but yeah, I won't forget that. <laughs> All right. Tension. That, that is that, that, that I can see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that happening. Near, no. near table flip moments are they, they usually register in the memory uh in the memory uh, unit and the thing is, is that i know jordan didn't really care but 
he he just loved like getting under Brett's skin, right? Like you could tell that he was having a blast just getting under Brett's skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brett won eventually because he usually does. He's a lawyer and he he knows how to how to finagle a situation like that. But oh yeah, yeah. yeah he, I don't think he's a good negotiator if he hasn't tried to put my kids to bed. <laughs> All right, I'll bring you guys a helicopter and a boat. Just just close the lights down. No! Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, uh, Ryan. Okay. I'm to go, I've been going back and forth whether or not I want to do another in-game, but I don't think this would be a podcast without me mentioning my lovely wife, Jen, and playing. Uh, like so, so Jen's been, for the most of our relationship, the very um, reluctant gamer if i want to put it in that in that regards she kind of just amuses me every now and then just by saying oh i want to play this game i want to try this out and she kind of just goes along with the flow and everything like that and jen won't let it let on but i i think i've turned into her into a into a gamer and um i this kind of turned around when we played just a couple years ago we played charterstone so I, I got a copy of Charterstone. We pulled it out. Um, Alex wasn't born yet. So this is already about almost three years ago now, I think was when Charterstone came out. Um, Regan was very young. But over the Christmas break, I said, we're going to, let's, let's try to play this campaign legacy style game. And she was just like, oh, okay, what is, what is a legacy game for a, for First off, she was like saying, oh, is that kind of like that pandemic thing that you and Ian kind of play every now and then? And I said, yeah, but pandemic is working together. Charterstone is more competitive. Well, then I, that kind of got her into, oh, okay, we're not working together. I can beat you at something. And so I was like, yeah, okay, kind of like that. And this was a great time because Charterstone is the legacy game. takes place over, I think it's 12 games. We'll play out the whole story. And we played it 12 games in 12 nights. <laughs> I remember this. Yes. Yeah. And so it was, and it was, it was something about it that I, I don't know. I, I just kind of saw the, the gleam in her eyes. She's like, sometimes it was like, I'm trying to put Regan to bed and she's setting up the game. Like <laughs> I, I, I set up, no, no, I set up the game. That, that's, that's my thing. But she's like, no, no, we're, we're going to try to, we're going to try to play two games tonight. Type, type <laughs> nice. So I had her hooked on Charterstone. And so that was very, it was very memorable in my experiences. That was kind of like when she turned in that, that first click. Cause then after that, we played, uh, we played time stories. And that was another thing. Time stories can take sometimes multiple sessions in order to play through a whole um, scenario. And we did it. We, we did it again. We did one, I think we did the core box in like three nights. Um, but there was one day um, we had the kids over at grandparents' house and we played one whole time story scenario in one whole day. It was fantastic. <laughs> and, now we're, and now we're reliving the same thing now with, um, with uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. We're kind of doing the same thing where it's just like when, we find, when she finds the opportunity, she's like, we got to go back there. Um, my character is almost at level three, so we've got to get him up. We've got to get him up there. And so she's like, "Stop, stop beating up the bad guys, because I want to be a bad guy, so my guy can." So I, I'm like, "Who are you?" Yeah, did, did, <laughs> I, did I walk into the wrong house? Cool. So, so, so then I like, I like mentioned, I'm like, "Have you heard of Dungeons and Dragons?" She's like, "No, I'm not playing that." She's like, "This, this is about as nerdy as I'm going to go is this Gloomhaven thing." I said, "Well, that's a pretty nerdy thing. That's a good, that's a good place to be at." How, but you I, know. <laughs> it's a no, it's a there. comfortable game to sit into absolutely so yeah so jen's hooked on to these like kind of like these experience games like you have to play them multiple times and they tell a story i was going to say the narrative she's yeah. hooked on narrative man. she's hooked on the narrative storytelling type games cool nice. i will say that there were a whole bunch of uh legacy game memories that i decided to leave right <laughs> maybe like maybe we'll do like a legacy game special at some point and we can plus there's they're riddled with spoilers so i didn't want to go into them but um but yeah that's awesome and yeah. and we got to get back into our legacy game ryan uh 
Oh, Rise of Queensdale. Rise of Queensdale, yeah. And we need to get back into Clank Legacy with Norm oh, and our, our other group there. Ever. So. Absolutely. Cool. Oh, damn you, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, my last one is, uh, and I mean, it, it's kind of a heavy one, but it's considering the context of experience. Um, it's something that I'm totally willing to share. And I haven't really talked about this at all with anybody, let, let alone uh, on a podcast. But this one's uh, Nemo's War uh, during my son's bone marrow transplant. Now, uh, to understand uh, quickly the context, uh, my son Daniel has been challenged with some health uh, issues in his life since, about, uh, I'd say, about the last eight years now. Uh, eight or nine years. And um, so we've been on a bit of a journey. And um, what I've learned um, uh, is to find, uh, and I'm going to read straight from my notes because then, then I'm not messing things up. Uh, I've learned to find respite in the board games that I own and play and the people that I share them with. And I found that board games give me the capacity to step away from the heavy reality that I was and probably still am dealing with in regards to uh, Daniel's. Da oh, currently, let's just, you know, not cliffhanger, but he's awesome health. Uh, um, he was first diagnosed when he was in grade one. He's going into grade 10. Um, and um, come October, he will be two years past his bone marrow transplant. So, so to, let's not have heavy note to continue this dialogue here about Nemo's War, but um, yay. So we're, we're on the, uh, we're on the, we're on the, uh, uh, the happy side right now. So um, the, the tangent here, I think what I want to try to connect and, and make, make not real, but relevant for a lot of people is, um, um, so right now you mentioned, Ryan mentioned the pandemic and uh, this COVID thing, and it's, it's flipped the table on everybody's reality and everybody's lives. Um, and it's moved the lens a little over to mental health because this isolation and social distancing um, those are pretty heavy things to deal with that a lot of people have been had to deal with um, um, at all, much alone, you know, at this capacity. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's like, it's like zeros and ones, it, it wasn't like this. And then now it's like this, and we all have to change our lives immediately. And just that transition can put people off, you know, on the on their heels a little bit. So what I found is that if uh, when you want to take care of somebody, you got to learn to take care of yourself. And that comes with making sure you're sleeping and you're eating and drinking lots of water. And for me, the formula was was perfectly balanced when I had board games there because um, and, and it was it was Nemo's war during this where um, either in Daniel's room in the hospital or when he was in recovery at Ron McDonald House, I'd have um, this game set up because, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a great solo game. Uh, um, there's so many different uh, variations on it that, uh, that you can play on, so many different, um, uh, um, you know, uh, end of game uh, uh, objectives you can play towards. But I think what, what, what this did for me what what a lot of people need to do nowadays is find something that you can allow your brain to have some respite. Um, because if we're all always behaving in such kind of, if, if we're always hitting the fight or flight mechanism and we're always pressing our thumb on that adrenaline button, um, uh, a speaker that we just heard at a teacher conference said that you, your body keeps score, right? So um, if you're stressed out and you're, and you got back tension and your body's going to keep score, it's going to physically have uh, a resounding impact. So um, bringing it back to the board games, I found that playing Nemo's War during this um, recovery phase of Daniel helped me find this whole uh, um, ability to step away. I would be so engrossed in the game and the decisions necessary to be made. How much do I push my crew? How much do I push my ship? How much do I push Nemo when I'm rolling the dice on some events? Um, what kind of chances am I going to take? What kind of, you know, outcomes are going to happen? There's enough randomness that, that made it exciting for me, but not too much randomness that I thought I might as well just be playing snakes and ladders. Right. Um, but, uh, 
um, I think Nemo's War, each game I played gave me the ability to hit pause button on my life uh, in my brain that was running overtime and stressed out. Um, that uh, the challenges that happened in every scenario and every circumstance gave me the opportunity to um, have a chance to, to catch a breath, I guess. And uh, it was this game that basically helped me. And, that, and I mean, the last line I put there, it was like, uh, uh, is the board game that helped me navigate through a tough, dark time to be very, to, you know, Nemo's War pun, you know, water vessel. Come on. Can't be too serious all the time. Got to end all of a bad dad joke. But, don't, but yeah, this yeah, Nemo's guys. War, this, the board games in general have been such a, um, uh, and I don't know how it is with you guys at all, because a lot of people don't talk much about what I just talked about. So I, 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 for me, board games is, is part of my, I call it my cardboard therapy. Right. You guys can't see me right now, but I'm not crying. You're crying type, <laughs> type thing. Yeah. No, it, the, it, it's, it's always, it's always, it's, it's such a neat story, Norman. I, 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 I applaud you for being able to actually come out here and, and, and share it because it is incredible. And I think there, you're not alone cool. in this type of thought. I think, I think, I think a lot of people are kind of like why they play some of these games and that's why they play like, Dungeons and Dragons and 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 role playing games and things or that go tells- golfing. I mean, I, I get it when people are so zoned into their it's meditation. And for me, I found it in board games. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a more common thought than I probably than you probably think it is. Yeah, yeah. It goes to show you how much you don't necessarily know how much something can mean to somebody else, right? Because yeah, you don't let that on. And, and yeah, that's awesome, Norm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't want. I didn't want this to be a downer at all. I just wanted this to be sort of like a like a kind of pick me up for for anybody who is like, yeah, just dig into your hobby and just like geek out, man. Just lose yourself in it sometimes because you, you there's there's benefit to it, mm-hmm. and the community. I mean, that's part that's part of this whole. Well, except for when <clears throat> you do something like that to Adam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you should base much community off of behavior like that, man. Oh my! <laughs> so on that note, I'd like to thank you guys for continuing. Yeah, right to the end. We got to the end. Um, uh, um, I'm your host, Norm, who would never do something like that, Adam. <laughs> uh, I am backstabbing betrayal, Ryan. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> and I'm Ian. Uh, and i swear that it was a one not a seven okay (laughs) and we'll catch you later this has been an episode of cardboard conjecture and we are bridge city board gamers and you can find us on facebook at bridge city board gamers saskatoon You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, guild number 3039.